For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor Emerita in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Our guest today is Daniela Zarnescu, Professor of Molecular and Cellular Biology and also Neurobiology and Genetics. Uh, she leads a team that's exploring the genetic causes of several neurodegenerative diseases, including ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Thanks for joining us, Daniela. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You have a really unusual background. Tell us about how your undergraduate degree in physics in Romania led you to where you are now. I was really excited about physics starting in high school, and then I studied physics as an undergraduate. And I love physics. I still love it today. But I thought there was something really exciting about biology, particularly biophysics, and the way molecules interact and tell us something about life. And so I've sort of become interested in studying molecules and looking at cells and molecules right after I finished my undergraduate degree. So about 10 years ago, you made a, a really interesting discovery that I think has sent you in the direction you're studying now. You found that a particular protein, I'll let you tell us about your favorite protein, TDP43, um, in flies can be manipulated in ways that mimic what goes on in ALS in humans. In 2008, um, two different groups um, identified mutations in RNA binding proteins. Um, this is a specific group of proteins that are involved in regulation of gene expression in the nervous system. And um, at that point, we were studying these type of proteins in the nervous system already, and we decided to make um, a model of ALS based on these human genes that were involved in uh, patients with ALS and actually also frontotemporal dementia. And so we essentially made um, genetically modified fruit flies, if you want, <laughs> where we inserted the human gene into the fly genome. And with the beauty of and the elegance of the genetic tools available in the fruit fly, we were able to express this human gene just in neurons or just in um, glial cells, which are a specialized type of support cells in the nervous system. And you saw something that looked like the phenotype you would see in humans? So we saw locomotor defects and the reduction in lifespan, which are the two major features of um, ALS disease in, in patients. So in the process, we began to perform what we call genetic screens or drug screens and try to identify in an unbiased manner, um, also non-hypothesis-driven manner, if you want, um, a number of genes and genetic pathways, as well as potential compounds that can be beneficial and can improve locomotor function as well as increase lifespan. So it's as though you were exploring this broad landscape just to see what else interacted with the genes that you already had identified as, as playing a role? Right. One can call this a fishing expedition where we basically land, if you want, our genetic tools and our molecular tools and our drug screening tools out there in the, the landscape of this model and identify genes that may be important in the disease, and we can then perhaps identify ways to manipulate so we can uh, restore the ALS phenotype, meaning we can improve locomotor function and increase lifespan in this very simple model. This gives you the opportunity to start to screen for drugs, either existing drugs or perhaps newly designed drugs, because of the molecular 
similarities? Yeah, both. So actually, we were able to screen 1,200 FDA-approved drugs that are available to a human population for various conditions with the idea that we could repurpose these drugs for ALS. But we also do drug design based on some of the molecular feature of the proteins that's involved in disease. And we also just screen molecules that we get from our friends in the chemistry department and fish even more, if you want, for small molecules that could be protective in a devastating disease. And you can do this in flies rather than having to wait uh, patient by patient or human volunteer by human volunteer. You said you're screening thousands. Absolutely. We can screen thousands of small molecules in a relatively short period of time in a whole organism. So in vivo screening, which I believe it's advantageous as opposed to screening in a cell in a dish. Well, thank you very much, Daniela. Thank you. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.